Hey friends, welcome back. This is Stacking Pennies. We're breaking down all things Richmond. Kyle Larson gets the dub. Josh Berry, career best, runner-up finish. Ross Chastain didn't even wreck somebody, but still got blamed for. And we are joined by the dirt racing Superman himself, Jonathan Davenport, making his Cup Series debut at Bristol. Already knows what the Bristol Motor Speedway victory lane looks like behind the wheel of a super late model. So we're going to break down all that. Today, buckle up. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. Core of the Joy here, going to break down all things Richmond Raceway. To my right, the normal band of characters. Mr. Chuck Bush. How's it going? It's pretty good. Funny story, as you uh, sitting here looking at your hoodie, that's an old school Charlotte Hornet sweatshirt. And I was talking to, to Tyler Reddick this weekend a bit, just congratulating him on last week. And he, I guess he went to the Hornets game on Monday or something. Mm-hmm. It was 23-11 night or something at the Hornets uh, arena or Spectrum arena. And he said, would you believe that I'm taller than Muggsy Bogues? I would believe that. I would not believe that. Because Bugs is 5'3". Because Tyler Reddick's three-year-old son is almost three inches shorter than he is. <laughs> Bo must be three. Tyler's, Tyler's small. He's a he's How tall tiny, is he? He's got to be 5'3 with a lead foot. Yeah. My man hammers. Mm. Gets on the wheel. He gets on the wheel. And then uh, the guy who watched the wedge wrench on the 12-car drive right by him, this past weekend, Ryan Flory. Yeah, that that was some real twelve car. <laughs> We're gonna break that down in pit road boats and woes because that was certainly a woe. Why didn't you grab it though? Uh, it's just, it's, why didn't you win? Because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just it's not. Yeah. You can't you can't grab a wedge wrench when it's going. You have to smack it. If you grab it, how, it how deep is it in the window? Uh, I don't know how deep that one is. Maybe four inches. When you grab them, they get bound up. Yeah. For sure. When, but you have to, if you if you smack it. Why well, you even got to make a gesture? I was just saying Tyler Reddick's 5'5". Five, five. Okay. Uh, yeah. you, you have to smack the wrench out. Yeah. You cannot try to pull it. And then, speaking of Jonathan Merriman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler Reddick's 5'5", five, five, 125 pounds. His middle name is George, according to the internet. Good for him. There yeah. You How you doing? Now, one instance, I saw that gif of Michael Jordan flying around on social media. Of him just like disappointed. What was that instance on TV after? <laughs> it was the guy that it was the guy that was trying to catch the tire. What was he doing? Went over the wall, dove oh, over. It. Yeah, Bro. I gotta show you a live video of this. And so, that's just that. Like that was him looking like that was the come on man. So I saw a story in MSN that said Michael Jordan disgusted with another mediocre effort out of the twenty three team or something like that. So did they take it out of context? Oh, look definitely. At, look at who's sitting on the wall. Who is Petrie. That? <laughs> he barely even moved. Matt he even put his snack down. He doesn't even put his snack down. Of course not. Corey look at gave, the guy. Corey Petrie, um, Petrie works at Trackhouse now. He's one of uh, he Casey's one. buddies. He he helped Corey pretty much start his race career with the Canon car and all that. Yeah, he was in victory lane with us a couple times on the Arca side. But he was, it's just funny that he's sitting there. He's got a snack. And he's sitting on the wall. And he like, gets up and moves. The guy falls over the wall and he just keeps eating a snack, watching him. But, yeah, when the tire gets rolled wide, it's really important. Break it down, boats and woes, but the guys behind the wall are really important. Yeah, but you got to stay on the right side of the wall. Yeah, correct. Can't jump over. Can't jump over it, and there's, you know, 
unfortunately with how these pit stops go and there's nobody in front of you, it's you can use half of that pit box per the rule. So you have to be set up and ready to mm. take it. And that tire's coming fast. And if you're kind of out of position, there's a lot of stuff behind the wall. If you don't have the fire extinguisher and all that stuff moved back in some boxes, there's a like a blue cable case that everybody's coax cables plug into. So if you don't have a clear path to catch that, and there's people standing in the way. It can, yeah. it can go right quick. So you got to kind of work with the guys next to you. Like, hey, man, you aren't pitting the slab. Can I can I take some here? So I believe the highlight of my weekend was dapping up Michael Jordan because I was walking from the whatever we call it, driver's meeting now, down the red carpet, and MJ and his, like, he probably had 20 people surrounding him, right? And he's a head taller than everybody else. And I was c- kind of walking – like we were walking opposite directions, but even I was a little bit to the right and he was going back towards like the media center or pit road or something. I was like, MJ. And he saw me and he like stuck his hand out, like, Oh, like through the crowd. And I like just caught it in my peripheral. I about blew MJ right off, but I turned around, dapped him up. His hands were very soft. Well, they're, they're plush. Probably from counting all that paper. Oh yeah. Just, just move the Hornets for a profit of 1.2 billion. So not bad. Tire budget this past weekend for twenty three eleven was uh was not that hard. Did the twenty three have a rough go at it this weekend. Reddick spun by himself, I think. Changed the whole race, right? Reddick changed the whole complexion of the race, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't see the twenty. Well, Bubba's in the top ten, and then he was back there by me twentieth. I don't know what happened to him. But penalty, probably. Him. Yeah, but passed him at the end. Got him. I think the penalty of the uh, you know guy going over the wall. Oh yeah, he had to surf that that penalty mm. how, yeah. how is it as a driver not practicing or qualifying and just firing right off i kind of like it we missed it to start we went back awards we had a good starting position started 16th oh yeah you got you got put three wide first corner um yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna remember that joey puts me three wide middle but i was wrecking loose to start he, he got the fence a little bit off of two yeah i mean it's freaking tight and i was sideways the first 25 laps of that comp- competition caution you're you know if you're two rounds of wedge away like you are hanging on for dear life so we just missed it pound of air pressure bro yeah i mean you everything every little adjustment in this thing whether it's sway bar uh, arm angles whether it's air pressure or wedge man we were we were throwing rounds that thing all day couldn't quite hit it but yeah we we didn't start generally i like no practice because i like our shot when it comes to just trying to guess at the right not guess you're making an educated guess a lot of times at the at the setup but when we unlo- i felt like we should have ran between 18th and 22nd and we ran between 23rd and 28th that's probably my worst racetrack we just haven't had a great grasp on it on the setup for the last couple of years at spire because the first race last year at richmond we legitimately finished seven laps down on speed like 33rd yeah, i remember that just absolutely terrible so we came back finished 28th three laps down so then we came back lead lap 21st just a grinder of a day. Bro, you don't win. You don't run. Screw winning. You don't run well at Richmond unless you have the whole package. Yeah. Driver, car, team, everything. You got to execute on pit road. A lot of opportunities to speed. A lot of opportunities to uh, mess your strategy up. So, Look at, we, look at the 19 this weekend just with strategy alone. They ran out of tires. Ran out of tires. Look at the 9 on the contrary, right? Get spun out by the 12. Ran between, what was it? 13th and 18th all day and then he stays out and cycles to the lead and hangs on for a for a career best big big point stay for the nine car what is it about richmond though that makes it so tough and worn out from my you know vast experience of running it at the hall of fame for a qualifying lap uh mm-hmm. and then 
on, on, I forgot what the NASCAR game was on my phone, but Richmond was always one of those ones that like, I'm wrecking every time I'm in a simulator trying to run that track. It's so slick. I mean, even on new tires, it's so freaking slick, man. It's, it's just no grip. I think, you know, some guys like Richmond, I think it's probably a mixed bag on drivers that like it versus don't. I'm on the side of, I think that the the asphalt or the surface is a bit beyond its prime years. I think it's a little bit too worn out to be aggressive. You're really just floating it in there. You're on the verge of spinning out any corner. So you can't really lean on somebody hard. You can't really rub fenders because the guy's going to spin out. We saw Denny get in the back of the 15 car and just junked his ass. Probably not great timing <laughs> going in for an appeals appointment this past week, over wrecking somebody on purpose by doing it again to JJ Leap. So, not great timing on that back. The stones on that guy. I was to say the twelve car. Blaney has been on record as saying he's not a fan of Richmond. I mean, I think he didn't do well there in the past, but like he was pretty good this weekend. Which had a couple issues on pit road, but yeah, I I don't know. And Jeff Gluck's poll was in an eighty percentile of of it being a good race. And I'm always there's curious. comers and goers. Yeah, and he, like dude, it's it's a hard race to win, and I like it's somewhere that I enjoy the challenge of going there. It's a market we should go once, in my opinion. It was, I mean, to me, I was enjoying the race watching it on TV because there's a lot going on. And I felt like this week TV did it. They got lucky a couple of times with the Denny spin. They were on that mm. bumper cam when it happened. No, and it, they was were on, on, it was on his eyeball cam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then they were on Blaney's car when he hit uh, the nine. Oh, they were? Yeah. They, they had see, it pretty I didn't quick. I see that one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah, but, I think then I think the nine just maybe missed the bottom and then kind of checked up to get back to the bottom and Blaney was already kind of back to the gas and just spun him out. A lot of different strategies. It also, you know, your your day could be made or broken with an ill-timed caution. Oh yeah. You know, you saw the thirty-four and the and the nine specifically were two guys who went long. Uh, they stayed in the lead lap, went long. Everybody else pitted and they caught that yellow. Was was it the forty-five that spun out? Forty-five. And spun then. Out. Those guys had an extra set of tires because they just didn't take it, and they were on fresher tires than everybody else. But the 34 and the 9 both executed a couple of late race restarts. And But you line up Kyle Larson on the front row, buddy. Pay windows open. Ain't well, nobody. I mean, it's going to have a hard time beating Kyle Larson from the front row. Oh, William yeah. Byron could have done it. He hadn't got wrecked, in my opinion. Well, he wasn't on the front row, right? He, uh, one mistake. They're, they're a great pit crew, but, you know, they they – cock one right front pole and cost themselves a couple tenths on a pit stop and they go go from you know competing for the lead to being on the second row outside mm -hmm. and then they get spun out dude chris bell going in hard on ross chastain but just like hendrick motorsports and appeals ross chastain is undefeated when people try to come at him dude what did he say something yeah chris bell called him a wrecking ball and like chris chris bell had a rough restart yeah he didn't have a good restart yeah and he got put three wide top middle. And then he kind of like got spooked and smoked it in there, smoked the left front. And then he was, he was like a half a lane too high and being on Ross's door and kind of slid into the 24 and spun out with them, tried to blame it on Ross. Yeah. Like, dude, put position retention on restarts. What it's is about. Huge. And if you don't get a good launch, someone's putting you three wide. Jensen Button. <laughs> yeah. Like, you name them, all those guys that came last week, world class guys, Jordan Taylor. They say, hey, if you try to take it easy one bit, these guys are on your quarter and taking advantage of you, and For that sure. is cup racing. Especially when the pay window's open. What was that? Eight to go? How many? How 18, many? To, maybe? Yeah, 18 to go. I mean, got to go. And also, you know, Ross was between third and sixth all day. Guy in front of him gets a bad jump. See you later. 
And one last guy to race if the 24 is back in the fence, too. Well, yeah, but, but Ross didn't have anything to do with that. He I mean, never touched anybody. Racing deal, no. He's racing. Yeah, so it also, a little bit on most, I mean, it was on the 20 car for not running the one car tight. But, yeah, it spooked him a little bit because, I don't know, you just don't expect somebody to be down there. But why does, I guess Ross is kind of an easy target to be like, if he's just around you and somebody's around you, like, well, Ross made me do it. I don't know. Why is he? Why is he the butt of the jokes right now? Not even the jokes. Why is he the guy catches all the blame? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, look, rightfully so. He's made made a lot of questionable decisions behind the wheel of a race car, but he's he's just he's the guy. I mean, Chuck, you said earlier this week he's he's no different than he doesn't run his mouth even, like Walter. I wouldn't Waltrip, say but questionable. I would say sometimes maybe over aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh. But, I mean, but, aggressive, but 98% of them have worked out pretty good for him. But I thought it was funny, Christopher Bell, I mean, he either called him a bonsai or a kamikaze and then a wrecking ball and apologized to William Byron on Twitter, but didn't apologize to to Chastain for calling him names. Ross <laughs> Chastain don't care, bro. Sticks and stones. Like he said, oh, he said, he, like he Sticks said, and stones. He said, Chris Bell's another one that walks right by me. will say it to you and doesn't say a word to me. He said he said it about Denny too. He walks right by me. He doesn't say a word to me. Who's this? That's what Ross said. Ross his, said those guys interview? say this all to you. Yeah. Kyle Busch, Denny, Chris Bell. They say this stuff to you, and they walk right by me. They don't say a word. So if they want to have have a conversation with me, old Florida man ain't scared. It he sounds ain't scared. like. But uh, <laughs> but but dude, Ross Chastain is not a blue chip guy. Yeah. He's a guy that like I I. He stand races on my like a soapbox. pissed off watermelon farm. I, I stand on my soapbox here and say, Chris Bell doesn't give a damn if Ross Chastain's still driving the Zero Flex Seal car. Yeah. And when Chris Bell was in that 20, lapping him five times a race in that 20 uh, Xfinity, or, car? Xfinity car, Ross remembers that. He's like, hey, man. Yeah. Now now we're now we're on the same playing field. I, I, love, I love it. it. I love it. I think it adds. I think his aggressiveness adds to the whole field's aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. But then, like, there's guys like like Danny or insert the person who want respect and everything and like then he's the first guy that runs over to 15 freaking JJL like <laughs> like what are we doing like why yeah. I get now you're frustrated is, but you sped you sped it's you not sped. JJ's fault and like, he just pinched him no, a little bit down the front straightaway I mean should he, should JJ Yelly be like probably just let the 11 go probably Most but likely. you're racing but like man the stones on the guy to spin somebody out the week you got to go to an appeal is just like yeah I Hey man, I bet you he felt instantly bad about that because you don't think about that in the moment, but after he's as he's sliding backwards to the fence, like oh, Oh. I shouldn't have done that. Uh Oh, I saw that he was like, yeah, I saw he was like on his podcast. He's like, uh, I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, He just, you know, I got got to text him. (laughs) Well, he ran in the back of him on purpose. He did not mean to back him in the fence. Two different things. But talk about grip, dude. If it if there's no grip there, you're running back. You are like, you are getting into one originally like this. Ooh, 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 just trying to keep left rear attachment. And then when somebody comes and smashes you, you're just a passenger at that point in time. So, yeah, he didn't mean to wreck him. He just wanted to rattle his cage, but rattle a little too hard, Chuck. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you of, love that response. Yeah. Just, speaking of appeals, this, what, like, a, it's been a hot topic. You're going to go there? I, I, I'll talk about the Hendrick Motorsports appeal real quick because I just want to touch on something because I've talked to a lot of people and. It it's either, I think Larry Mack said it really well in the broadcast when I watched it back. It's either a penalty or it's not. Yep. But but let's let's okay. So we can we can argue that all day. But let's just explain what it is. NASCAR for for those that don't know, NASCAR found the parts 
administered a penalty. They appealed it. It goes to a third party to have the appeal heard. heard it's a panel of what, three people? Panel of three people from the NASCAR Motorsports Appeal. It's National, National Motorsports National, Appeal National, Committee. Definitely not NASCAR Motorsports, but no, National no, Motorsports Appeal Committee. It's which, independent. Which, do they hear appeals for a bunch of different sanctioned bodies? Can't answer that. Okay. Don't know. Don't know either. But it's not NASCAR. So when people kind of like think it, the first thing when they when they hear is like, oh, it's rigged. NASCAR right. is NASCAR. NASCAR's hands are off this, and they were as frustrated with the decision as the whole garage was. I, I can't talk about what Maybe more Motorsports so. did because I didn't see the parts. I don't know what they did. I know that the argument was the fit and finish of the louvers were not very good, and there is downforce and cooling to be had there with better fit and finish. So what a team like Hendrick Motorsports does is they'll take them and they'll use their people and they'll scan them and they'll find the best ones and they'll put them in their car. And if they find discrepancies in some, maybe they'll clean them up. Maybe they won't. I don't know what they did. The reason we went to a single source car is so that Hendrick Motorsports doesn't have a different part than Spire Motorsports because Spire Motorsports with 30 people cannot do that. They're not going to scan their stuff. They're not going to be able to do that. We all agreed on it as a sport, not me, people way above me, mm. owners, the NASCAR officials, we agreed on the parts, how it's going to be built. And the penalty. And the penalty of what it's going to be if you get caught with it. That being said, if you get a part that is wrong or that is not up to spec, you you can't fix it. You're not going to, when you go to a single source supplier, you're not going to get the fit and finish that you got from the HMS Fab Shop. And just because it doesn't fit that well, you can't fix it. Right? And that's why we all agreed to be here as a sport. I say we. Is not me. Is well above me. The front tire changer on the 12 car did not get asked about that. Yeah. But that that is where the frustration from inside the garage is like, wait a minute. Toyota got slapped with a big fine for putting tape on their nose, right? And now we're saying that we might have ground on louvers and we're not. The the penalty's not upheld. So nobody plays the game better than Rick Hendrick. Hendrick Motorsports. I don't know what they did. I hope that whatever they did, the appeals guys. I, I want to say I hope they got it right, but I'm. It's either a penalty or it's not. And a $100,000 fine per team sounds like a lot to me and you, but it's not a lot. Losing your crew chief for four weeks does not matter. For a speedway, your crew chief, a road course. They, they fly them to the racetrack. Either either the teams are flying them to the racetrack and sitting them in the motorhome lot, or they're sitting at home in their war room. Yeah. It's probably easier for the crew chief to call the race on an intercom, which is a live mic to their interim crew chief, because he's got no distractions. He's sitting there in a quiet room. Yeah. Watching it like a video game, just like if you were pl- playing F one whatever, you yeah. know, like oh pit now, oh stay out, okay, right. like it's you, you probably it's probably easier. It's not loud. Your son's not beating on you. You're sitting in an office. It might yeah. It might be the next. Uh, it might be the next evolution of crew chiefs calling races, right? Yeah. But the points, the points are the one that hurts, and that's what you can't get back. The points, the hundred, the hundred points, and, and the, the playoff 10 playoff points. points. That's that is why that is such an important penalty, and that's why that points penalty is written in there because that's the number one reason. That's the detriment. That's the, that's the biggest, yeah, the the biggest detriment. detriment. Yep. And, and for that to be taken away, and then they basically get off with a slap on the wrist. Like I said, I don't know what they did. I didn't see the louvers. I, I haven't been in any of the meetings. But in the garage... The people in the garage working in the garage, the water is very muddy right now, and I hope that the ship gets righted to figure out what exactly is going on, and we'll see what happens to Colleague this week. Makes it yucky. 
Yeah. Thanks, Yogi. And three guys passed me in points. Don't like that one. <laughs> You're now out of the playoffs. Now I'm out of the playoffs. Damn it. I think I'm 19th. Still can, hanging on strong. Can we still talk about Hendrick Motorsports and the comment Chuck made a couple weeks ago about Hendrick having a down year last year when they won? Looks look, like look. they're bad. Looks like they heard you, Chuck. Here's the thing. They did have a down year because they, they didn't win the championship. They won a quarter. If, if, if Hendrick Motorsports does not win a championship, I would argue that that year is not a success. Because since 1990, they have won 14 championships. They won a quarter of the races last year, Chuck. That's fine, but they didn't win a championship. So for that team, if they don't win a championship, is it a success? I, I don't, I don't disagree with your point. I think I think that any of those big teams, yeah, Hendrick, Penske, any yeah. of them, like – if they don't win a championship, it's not a success. Gibbs, if they don't yeah. win a championship, it's not a success. And Hendrick, yeah. yes, Hendrick has been not streaky in their championships. They win in batches, right? Because when Gordon won his three of his four in the 90s, you had Labani thrown in there too, right? So that's four in a row for Hendrick. Then Jimmy comes along and wins what? Five straight. Five, Five straight. straight? I'm just saying, like, they win in batches. So, yes, they won two back-to-back a couple of years ago, but they didn't win three in a row. So is that a success for them? <laughs> They're failures. Yeah. Come at me. Yeah. You Come at suck. Me. I'm <laughs> No, I'm not saying they suck. I'm just saying compared to their history. They're just a little suckier than so they, being the best. Do they just stink? They, not they, they, not this year because yeah. they're on a tear. they won the championship. They're, they're, winning without, they're winning without the crew chiefs there. Oh, their crew chiefs are there. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? They're, like, not, they're not, not on the, the box. Just yeah, they're not yeah. on the box. Yeah. They got a good seat. Right. I, I, I saw some people that looked strikingly familiar to, the, to, the pick, <laughs> to their crew chiefs this weekend. Maybe they were doppelgangers. I don't know. They probably have a nice Dude. And And clearly they're trying stuff. They're strong. Yeah. When you take Josh Berry and you put him P2, right? I'm not saying Josh Berry's bad. He's a really good race car driver, and I respect the hell out of Josh Berry. And I, I got a tour through the NASCAR Hall of Fame this morning, and I heard a stat that it took him 11 years to win a late model championship. 11 years. The guy's grounded out. He's a, he's a grinder, and I love that he's in the position he's in. But he was running 20th all race long. And when you can strategize and get him up front and then your pit crew executes and he finishes Hang it on. off, like, yeah. dude, he he did it. Yeah. That is just the this, this sign of how strong, not just the cars, not just the drivers, but the team as well. Everybody is firing on all cylinders. I mean, I will go out on a limb and say that Hendrick will win a championship this year. I think it'll be one of those four drivers. Who's the worst running Hendrick car right now? Not one of the four. One of the three. Who's the worst running? Who's Nine. the worst running Hendrick? But, but, but take take Chase out of it, right? It's the forty-eight, and, and he's, he's the leading, points leader. He's leading points, right? Yeah. The forty-eight's the one that you've he's heard the finished, least amount about, and he's finished in the top ten six out of the first seven races. Pretty good. That Larson was, was struggling. The, the five and then gets the he was like, struggling at Coda, and but I'm I, using quotes around struggling. I'm using air quotes. I don't know. Yeah. Last week was a struggle. Eh, last week, yeah, but every other week he's been in in the mix, right? Yeah. I, Kyle's one of those guys that after a bad week, he's like Logano, right? If they have a bad week, they're coming back the next week strong. Yeah, they're just that good. But by and dude, Billy Byron is yeah. I I know. That's, I, that's hey, two two. Merriman's point. Merriman said that he sucked a couple weeks ago too. No, I didn't. Not the, <laughs> I did not say that. Last <laughs> week I said he was the best driver in the Cup Series. You did. You t- three I weeks said, ago you said, is no, he, has I he said, arrived? I, yeah, I said, has <laughs> he arrived? Because he's he has not met expectations for the past few years, and then this year he goes on a heater. Frozen he's, cold. He is leading the playoff standings. He is the best driver, and he probably would have run that Richmond race. Won that Richmond race. What? It, won the Richmond race? <laughs> it would have been a hell of a finish. William Byron. If, he'd, if it had been race. the five and the 24 again going for a win, I think it had been a hell of a finish. 
Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. But, but it, it didn't happen. It didn't. But you said no. But you said no. <laughs> what else we got? Chandler Smith won. Golf clap to him, seventeenth on, on his day. Well, it wasn't a truck race. Did he? A... Did he try? Did he tempt the five hundred and then didn't make it? I believe. Did that's... that car go home? Yes, it did I go home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it didn't run. It didn't run or something because they were mad about practice. Right. It's it's like that was only or... what, like six weeks ago, and how quickly that uh, he didn't make. Hey, it. you're only as good as your last week. No, so but, was, no, but I'm so sure. that was his debut. Yeah, it was his first race because it was like the only reason I know that is because they were pitted right in front of us, and I'm like, who the hell is a thirteen? And when is he going to be a lap down? Right? So I was, like, intently watching where he was all day. Yeah, he, like, oh, he didn't have he didn't a lot of speed, but. Did at the end. He learned. He short pitted, stayed a lap down, caught the caution at the right spot, and leapfrogged about six of us to go from about 28th to 19th. But, yeah, did a good job, kept it straight, brought yeah. it home, 17th. That's, I mean, that's a tough day to to make your career to your career uh debut yeah modified race my austin beers won that by two seconds golf yep. clapped austin beers that was a that was a good race a lot of pit stops in that one host of um, our wins truck race in texas dude, what a mess yeah about killed that guy dean thompson dude they were wrecking they were Jeez. wrecking so good yeah good for carson host i just don't understand why we have a standalone truck race it's with, not it's with, it's with indy what it's with IndyCar. IndyCar <laughs> races this weekend, which was a good race as well. <laughs> what was that <laughs> <He> said, What? <laughs> what? Answer my what? question. I don't know why they do it, but. Go to like Dominion Speedway down the street from Richmond. Like go to three-eighths bullring so people can smash into each other, and I can enjoy a good race. I don't want to watch Trucks Texas. I mean, I would love if they went to like a like a NASCAR home track, something close like a Dominion, but I see where you're going with not not loving a standalone Texas truck race. Yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There's some things that didn't make sense to me, too, on pit road, so we're going to break down that pit road boats and woes right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Several woes this weekend on Pit Road. One of which was you guys. Do us, give us a breakdown of that stop when the wedge wrench gets left in the window. Uh, left side wedge adjustment on yeah. a green flag run. And when you do that. With Who does that? The, the, the jackman puts the left retire on. So, they, so okay, let's start from the, from the beginning. Right side, the carrier brings the wrench. Right. And the carrier reaches over the car after they put the right rear on and puts the wrench in the left side window wedge, wedge hole wedge hole come around jackman puts the left rear tire on jackman stands up and goes to put wedge in the car and the front carrier rips the jack the, the rear changer um 
is usually hit on that because you're waiting for the carrier to come around after setting the wrench. Yeah. So the way that times out, he reaches up, looks at me, makes sure my wheel's tight, cuts the jack. By that time, the adjustment should be done. Jordan, our jackman, got bound up a little bit on like the shark fin because of where the wrench was. It kind of got stuck and he went to go like shuffle his hands right at that time. The car dropped mm. and it bound up and it kind of pulled him forward and got him off his feet, knocked him down. And like I went to reach for it and Apsy jumped for it like in front of me. What kind of, I've always wondered like the cars look so light. Like when, as they pull off from the, how much force is a car like driving off with? I mean, go ahead and watch that and watch those two guys get ragdolled. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to be hanging on to that thing when it goes. Yeah. Because from, because in, in about 10 feet, you're doing 30 mile an hour. Yeah. And the only thing you got is concrete to, or to, asphalt. Yeah. Neither yeah, of which are soft, great options. Soften the fall. What's so, the end, what's the end of the socket look like? And what's the input look like? Uh, it's like a, this is like a bolt and a socket uh, wrench or it's like a half inch. It's like a half inch ratchet. end. yes, it's like a half inch ratchet. And a lot of people, you know, people grind them different ways and make them more like a bullet or not, but you can strip them out or get them jammed. Uh, it's not a, it's not a uncommon thing and we've seen it in the past, but it's something we haven't seen. We haven't seen a wedge wrench go around a racetrack in a long time. At what instance do you look up and be like, oh, I what, this is what did you, it. You watched all that. The guy was like, I went to get it and Apsy jumped for it. So he was like in my sight. So the only thing you can really do there is like try to get up on the quarter panel and ride with it. Like get going the same speed as a car and smack it out. Because if you grab it, it just binds it up. It's but even if you smack. smack it out and it goes outside the box, still a penalty. I think so. But then, but then at that point, you know, they, they have to make a judgment call on it. Right. So you have a little bit of maybe we don't get a penalty here. When it goes out of the pit box onto the track, you got no choice but to come back in and take it off. And just got slayed on NASCAR Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. It's like I've never in my life been rolled through like as bad. Like I've never been on such a good pit crew. Like very like so good, so solid. And then just get rolled on by like everybody yeah just because like every little mistake you make I, I don't know if it's just ryan's fans or like the 12 team fans but it's just like you just get rolled on like we could have that mistake with brad keselowski and nobody would even say a word but it's just it's it's a very stressful car to work on um but it, i mean it's stressful if you let it get to you but you know when it's like the man in the arena right you got to know what you're doing the work you're putting in it's, obviously you don't like it's way easier to send a tweet from the couch than it is to do an eight second pitch yeah yeah, and it's like I it, I get it, right? The I guess my message to the fans of Blaney that listen to this or fans of the 12 team because I'm, you know, we're all one is like I know how it might feel and look because we live it too, but there's I don't know that there's like I I'd put our team up against anybody on pit road. It's just like well, didn't you guys almost like there's a curse like or something like it's it's weird that there's just like weird stuff that happens every week that it's like what? Didn't you guys win the pit crew deal at the All-Star Race last Finished year? second, but we second. had the fastest stop. But, like, dude, there's so much talent on our car. Zach Price, rear tire changer, is probably one of the fastest in the sport. Jordan, our jack man, he's probably one of the fastest in the sport. Trevor Apsey, absolute stud, our carrier. Dogs. And then, like, myself, I'm just trying to hang on and keep up with those guys. Old dog. But but enough about us. How about that five team? Those Didn't are the really dogs of the week. Are they the dogs of the week? Yeah, because, man, they, they – they, the second to last stop, they didn't have a great one. Where did they, they come in after two. the money stop? Third. They came in third, and they went out with the lead. Mm. They jumped the the nineteen and the twenty four. Uh, they did. They just they pulled it off. 
I mean, Pitt Road is a hell of a place to make a living right now. It's as hard as it's ever been, and it's as competitive as ever. So, like, the to win the race, they did a 9-5. And I, I think that the 24 did, like, a 10-2, which is a great stop. But it's I was just a little bit, they like, Cordero read the right front a little, like, just not great. Led to a little bit of a jacked-up pull. By all measures of the whole race, it was a good pit stop. But just when the money was on the line, they were just a little bit cleaner. And that's what it is. It's just little tiny details, pretty much stacking pennies throughout the whole pit stop, you know, as, as much as we use that phrase. And, you know, that's that's how they go from running into the 99 middle of the race mm. to, to getting themselves in position and, and being able to and even even Kyle said, you know, sorry, I got frustrated there, guys. You know, way, to, way to execute at the end. And it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. Isn't this a different conversation than we were having the past two weeks? Because haven't they had... They've been struggling on pit road for the past two weeks, right? The five team has had its ups and downs, but Hendrick Motorsports as a whole, I mean, all four teams are really, really good, and then they have the seven car, which is great. Yeah, so, my guys are flying. But, but, like, it's, you know, the seven team is doing so well that you're like, okay, whose job are they going to take? But then you look at the other four Hendrick teams, and you're like, I ain't taking nobody's job. Everybody's great. Like, so... It's it, good for them. Everybody's yeah. chasing them right now. But that being said, we saw a lot of issues. We saw the 11 team. They dropped the jack and Rosini, the front tire changer, didn't feel great about how tight that nut was. I saw three different instances this weekend where the jack men dropped the jack and kind of ran over the front changer when the front changer wasn't quite sure. I watched the, um, I went back and watched the broadcast pretty intently. I watched the 11 do it. I watched the four car do it. And I watched the eight car do it. Which are three great teams. So, so the the right front guy doesn't feel like he got the the wheel tight. It's like they didn't, they either didn't switch their button, or you know it didn't feel great about the hang or how quickly it ran up. And then it gets dropped before they can tighten it up. Yeah, way. I mean, and and in that situation, they're making a call. It happened to us in California. They're you know the Jackman is making a call, and the Changers making a call in about a tenth and a half, two tenths of a second on if that wheel's tight or not. And you got to boop go, and there's so much time in that ex- in that whole, especially the right front exchange, because you're pulling the tire, rolling it, getting back, hitting that nut, and leaving, and the jackman's coming underneath you. That any little hiccup, you you kind of fumbling over each other if you're all gas and your awareness is down a little bit. So you had to see to see it happen to to a bunch of good teams this weekend. Obviously, we we documented the 23 guys and and their issue falling over the wall. Biggest issue, I thought, though, gave us the best audio of the weekend. James Small and Martin Truex Jr. going back and forth. What do you think? I don't know why they didn't tell him they had scuffs on. I, that's where I'm it's, at. That's like, dumb to me. Like, at what Like at what? What point do you watch too much Days of Thunder where you hey, don't tell him? They don't tell him. He's like, going to make up a difference on scuffs. No. Like, Martin Truex is smart <clears throat> enough to know, like, hey, man, we're on scuffs here. Do what you can. Or if they'd have let him, if they'd have let him know, hey, man, we don't have another set of stickers here. We have scuffs, or you can stay out on 20 lappers. Yeah, I'm sure James had a reason for that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's <laughs> a good one, but he had a reason. Well, if they would have just told Martin, like, yo, we burned an extra set of up on the first stage by pitting with the other guys yeah. when, when the other guys didn't. The only thing we have are seven-lap scuffs. So if at least he would have known, he could have, like, worked the tires in better Correct. and got them hotter because the way you have to get scuffs fired up, you have to spend a lot more time. You have to spend a lot more time just getting heating in them and, and just roasting them a couple of times because it collects all that dirty rubber. 
and it takes where you have where when your sticker tires are, are aired up and you have you know 18 to go you're gonna have grip lap two yeah it takes legitimately eight nine ten laps for sticker to scuffs to come in just to get up to temperature because they have a they've had a seat heat cycle on yeah them. it's not like it is only a little bit of a difference it is a vast vast difference between putting stickers on it and scuffs on it so and that's why know, he was so mad if you know you have scuffs on it you can run a different line or back your corner you can up or be different. defensive right you could choose a different line on the restart but if you just go in there you come out wherever he comes out, fifth or sixth. You're not even anticipating. You're, you're just not thinking that thing's going to cut. Like yeah, and, it, and it doesn't. He and said it felt like he had four flat tires. That's Which, what that's what they feel like. If you don't like, you have to work your ass off to get those scuffs back. Do they hot. just get hard? Is that what happens? They get, they get harder, right? And because they get hot and then they, they cool, cool back down, down. And it gets hard. Yeah, yeah. So you have to get those for those those tires after they're the the goodies knocked off of them you have to get those tires back to peak temperature to make the same amount of grip stickers make instant grip when they're cold or you know just bolted on the car to get scuffs to make the at least close to the same grip as stickers you have to get them to peak temperature which takes seven or eight laps does that happen when say you're you know you don't take tires and like if it's a quickie yellow and nobody pits and you stop running on the racetrack do your tire how much your tires cool in that in, in two laps caution. let's say let's just say you're at the end of a run your tire temperatures are 220 give or take right around there between 210 and probably 230 your tires might cool off to 180 185 right and you can get them back to 200 by the time you fire off for a green flag stop when they're ambient temperature when you put them on they've got a ton of grip because they're cold right because they just the 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 rubber's kind of gummy and sticky, but then once they harden up after a heat cycle, they just they just don't freaking grip, man. It's it's not the it's not. I mean, but you they didn't do them any favors by not telling them. I no, to, no to, yeah. The moral of the story is you know whether it's stickers or scuffs, I don't know why they didn't tell why them. they didn't tell them. I, I that would be. I mean, like the language on the radio after I have one of our best friends is Australian. They're just pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Right? Like, like Australian guys are kind of like, hey, man, it doesn't matter. You know? Like, yeah. that. that's just how they are. But, I, man, I, I would lose some trust and, and there would be some serious dialogue. Like, hey, man, I can't help you if you don't tell me what's going on. Yeah, that's right. You have to tell me what's going on and then I could try to help you. But, like, I, I need to trust you here. So, yeah, that would be – I'm sure there's some conversations being had there. I, I'm not, like, ready to jump on the Kyle Petty wagon of, you know, it's it's the beginning of the end. But it's definitely not good, and it's not what what Martin had with Cole Pern. I mean, when you have a a pairing like that, yeah, it's, it's to measure to, against, yeah, it's, it's hard to, ah, it's hard, it's hard to rebuild that. One guy we should give a shout out to though, Petey Travis Peterson. Peterson with the strategy call of the day, leaving that thirty four out long, catching the caution when he needed to. Good old high school, middle school buddy. Kickball, buddy. There's never been a better dynasty in sports than, like, truly and honestly, I'd, anybody can come come at that. But there's never been a better dynasty in sports than our kickball team, and then what it's produced. The the Champions. crew chief this weekend, Cliff Daniels. He was our leader. He's their leader. He's that team's leader. They won the race, and he was the he balls and dolls leader. Yep. All everybody, Peterson, kickball guy. So good for them. Champions are bred. On the kickball pitch. Good news. No what? pit stops this week in Bristol, so I won't see you there. You have a good one. Oh, we're going to have a great one. Um, I'm excited about Bristol, actually. 
they do a good good little deal with um, Easter service up at uh, up at Bristol. They're gonna have Tim Tebow, who is my guy. Pumped up to meet him. I'm gonna bring him that Mount Rushmore uh, helmet and give it to him. You're gonna give it to him. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. I like you, man. Here's a helmet. That's cool. Maybe he'll give me something back. I don't High know. five. I'll take that. Phil yeah. Wickham's going to sing, too. Cody Carnes going to be a, a cool lineup. Now we're going to get a little muddy. And we're going to talk to the guy who is the king of getting muddy, Jonathan Davenport, making his Cup Series debut. Uh, he's one of the best to ever drive a dirt late model. So excited to talk to him today. Joining us right here in studio. So stick around. Jonathan Davenport coming right up after this. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, guys, like I've been talking about all show, been waiting on Superman himself to get in studio. If you know anything about dirt racing, this man needs no introduction. But those of you NASCAR fans who don't know much about dirt racing, we have arguably the best guy on dirt in the last five years. Join us right here in studio making his Cup Series debut for the number 13 college Chevrolet, Mr. Jonathan Davenport. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a couple twists and turns to get here, but... uh, (laughs) I, I finally sent, made it. I sent him a bad Google Maps pin. Apparently, it had him in Timbuktu, but we got her straightened out. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, I knew I was going down the wrong path, and luckily I didn't go to the end and turned around and tried something different. We talk a lot about here, obviously, about Kyle Larson winning because he wins about every damn week. But usually, when we talk about Kyle Larson running second or third in a late mile race, it's usually behind you. And I was doing some quick math before he jumped in the studio. Do you know what your win percentage is over the last – or how many races it takes per victory of the last two years? No clue. 3.3. So if you race 3.3 races, you're winning one of them. That's how dominant you've been <laughs> the last couple of years, buddy. What the hell do you expect coming to the Cup Series? How did all that come together with college? Uh, well, just through my sponsor, Nutrient Ag Solutions. They've been a lone supporter of mine, and I got a great guy there with Steve Martin, and this was kind of his whole idea – and he just dreamed it up one day, really. And then um, I actually tried to talk him out of it at first. Why? And, well, we, we kind of got cross-threaded, and I thought he was talking about last year. And it was like coming up in just a couple weeks. I'm like, yeah. I have no time to get ready. Like, I'm not ready for this. So what are you going to do to get ready? Or what have you done? Because we're racing this week. Yeah. Uh, well, since I've seen you last time, I've probably lost 20, 25 pounds. So luckily, I'm down to fighting weight. And the way y'all guys rough each other up. I mean, did you watch Coda, dude? You're yeah. gonna fit right. Hey, you're gonna fit right in, though. I'm telling you, if you did all that 
where I'm at, and somebody come out with a black eye and a fat lip. <laughs> well, yeah, because you guys are grown men working on your own cars. We, we're a bunch of kids smashing into each other. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Miles much more delicate than what a cup car is, too. That's like, true. You, yeah, you can't smash fenders with somebody. No. And also, the damn walls and the places, most of the places you race against are about eight inches high with all dirt packed up on them. Yeah, and sometimes we just jump over them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's that, a little more dangerous. It is. Yeah, I, I found an interesting two years ago i guess it was when we went to volusia with logano we built that dirt modified and he had mentioned kind of in passing like oh it's jonathan davenport he's raced with him quite a bit and i was like what i didn't know that you ran like legend cars at atlanta and and had you know an asa background definitely did some asphalt racing so like what what is your background and did you ever have nascar aspirations before you know landing running their late models full-time sure you know i was just a kid from north georgia you know that grew up watching Dale Earnhardt and uh, Bill Elliott was in my hometown. Uh, he lived there for a while. I'd see him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the direction I wanted to go. But I uh, run a lot of asphalt, um, run against some guys that are in cup and is al- already um, gone. But I thought my time had passed by, really. You know, uh, I, my dad took me as far as he could, you know, money-wise. When we got to asphalt late model stuff, really didn't have a lot of help. And it was just – me and him, and then I, I did get a little bit of help from another sponsor, but I just never did really get it or get enough help to, to go to the next level in that. So um, he basically ran out of money, and then we started running on dirt, and it's been that way ever since. Now, y'all don't don't misunderstand that this guy, if he didn't just make it as a cup driver, he ain't making no money. This guy won over $2 million in purse money last year, won the million at Eldora, five-time winner of World 100s. So you can make a pretty dang good living doing what you're doing. Yeah, I feel like I can. I mean, it's uh, it's been really nice. You know, obviously you got to run good to do it, but I've got a great team with Lance Landers Motorsports, and my guys are you know bar none the best. I feel like, and uh, they put me in great equipment, and we've been fortunate enough to get the job done on numerous occasions. What's it like, like the upload process? You get the call, okay, we're doing it. You're in town, back and forth, North Georgia, getting your baseline concussion test, doing a physical. Like, what's just like the last week or so been to prepare? Wide open. Yeah, you know, I've been gone trying to race a little bit. We built a new car at Longhorn, just trying to run back and forth, like you said, uh, doing tests that I'm not normally having to do, and a lot of go through a lot of procedures, uh, going trying to fit in one of these things. You know, I'm I'm a pretty big dude. You know, you're you're about the same size as I am. It's not really easy to get get in and out of them. So yeah. it was it was different. And then um I got the call for the uh the truck deal. Um they thought that would be a good practice for me. So uh, nutrient ag stepped up and we put all that stuff together. So then I had to go do all that also. So it was a uh, it was a lot of running back and forth from uh, South Carolina to North Carolina the past couple of weeks. Man and and the truck shop driving the spire seven truck which is pretty cool that shop's in troutman and winston-salem's about an hour and 20 minutes away and you live what two and a half hours from here too yep, yep. man doing a lot of driving uh, i'm sure he gets enough windshield time throughout the year going back <laughs> no forth. doubt wheatland missouri and one everywhere one there p- this past weekend and then he said my man that place nice says he's running bulls gap on what thursday night yep. larson promoting that show he is yeah i wouldn't start off i wasn't going to run it you know i was going to take my time and get really prepared but when you got Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson, I think Chase Briscoe said he's going to run there. I mean, I can't let them come in my playground and mm. not be there with them. That's, yeah, a, that's right. That's a great point. You know, Clint Boyer owned a team, and, and Kyle Larson goes and runs. And Corey's pretty, you know, well embedded in the short track scene with building seats and all that. Is there guys that are at the cup level that, that you've 
you know, talk to daily that we wouldn't think of? I would say daily, you know, um, obviously me and Kyle's talked a little bit, um, talked to Ricky Stenthouse. He's pretty cool. Um, you know, just like me and Corey may in, in passing talk to one another, send each other a text message every now and then. about but, how your seat fits. Yeah, can't get, can't get one the same is usually the, the I'll term. Get, there, there ain't many guys that I'll get off the couch for and dial in, but JD's one of them. He, he does. He comes and fixes me up whenever oh, yeah. I call. So yeah, but I mean, uh, I, I got some friends over there that I feel like I can lean on a little bit. So uh, yeah, maybe we'll see. What's that thing? Because you won last year at Bristol. It was a World of Outlaw race. What do you like? How is that thing going to drive different? You obviously haven't driven a cup car yet, but do you have any expectations of what? to expect of what a cup car is compared to that dirt lane mall uh it's going to be totally different i'm sure there's nothing that's going to really help me uh i wouldn't say i don't know you know obviously i've got the dirt experience and i've ran bristol at dirt but you know so has the cup guys now a couple times as many as i have so i don't know that my dirt experience really is going to trump how many times you run a cup car or the other guys i don't think so but you know obviously i can tell when the lane's going to change just as fast or faster than anybody but if my dirt experience is going to be that subpar i mean kyle larson christopher bell ricky stenthouse ought to be you know running top three half a lap ahead so it definitely going to even the playing field a lot yeah you look at the two guys that have won this race they're cup regulars you know not two guys that you would think of when you stand out dirt guys as far as joey logano and, and kyle bush but I, I hope it doesn't rain and i hope you get some some lap times but but the truck race is definitely going to help that's why you know you've seen guys like martin truex joey chase run, run those before what are your expectations for the weekend i really don't have any expectations really it's just so unknown you know yeah. i'm like i said the only expectation i know is i know what the racetrack's going to do other than that i don't know how the car is going to drive versus the truck, you know, that'd be, I look at it as almost taking an asphalt driver and take them to Eldora, let them run the same night, but let them get in mm-hmm. a sprint car and let them get in a late model. Yeah. It's two totally different things, but you're on the same racetrack. It's a good analogy. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, hopefully my learning curve ain't look, too look, long. I'm glad I'm talking to you before the race. You'd watch Coda. You've watched Richmond. No, I didn't watch Coda. I did watch a little bit of Richmond. Let me give you a little, I'm going to ask you for a tip, but I'm going to give you one first. All right. Do the smashing first and don't get smashed into. Because if you initiate the smashing, nobody's going to mess with you. And then they're going to get out and be like, oh, man, this guy has got a damn beard. Nobody else has a solid beard like that anymore in the Cup Series. So don't be scared to smash into people because they're not going to be scared to smash into you. He sure. says that for this is coming from a guy that's smashing the people. <laughs> it's a, that's I, why I pointed I'm at gonna, himself hey, there. I'm going to, I'm your buddy. And I'm going to smash into you just a second smashing. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. That's just, well, that's the biggest unknown that, that I feel like going into it is y'all race totally different than I do. I haven't entered on somebody's bumper in 20 years. Mm. I mean, our cars, I mean, y'all talk about air and dirty air and this. What you drive a dirt late model. Yeah. I mean, we got a big fin. We got a huge front end. I've got to set up a pass when I'm three car lengths behind a guy. I yeah. can't enter on somebody's bumper. So, that's going to be totally different for me going up and hitting somebody or even getting close to them. If I get to their side, usually I'm so loose, I just go ahead and let off and let them go on mm. um, just because of side force. But How how much has that – like what was the, the trend or when did that shift with dirt racing when they got super aero-dependent and those platforms got real right front down, left rear up? Like when did that start to progress? Probably around the 2000 
13 14 15 era right in there like we we've kind of figured it out in 14 and in 15 uh me and kevin done a lot of stuff and uh Ooh, I kevin Rumble, pictures yeah. of like three shocks on the left rear whatever. yeah Everybody so was freaking out about that thing yeah we we figured out obviously you know if we want to be tighter in the corner or that big blade we got we got to get it mm-hmm. higher Mm-hmm. so once we get it free grip there once we got that higher we get hell we got to get it up there all the time yeah. so then we do that we're knocking a bigger hole in the air and the car behind us is way looser yeah so what is something cool because you guys can get creative there's really no there's a bit of a rule book in dirt racing but not near as long as what we have to adhere to what are some cool little dirt tricks that kind of got outlawed that that kevin was up on the, he was on the cutting edge of the technology troop chains or shocks or yeah ryan mentioned three shocks on the left rear yeah we was we was doing all kinds of things i mean from we, me and kevin or i mean whoever scott um everybody's wrote a, another page in a rule book but yeah like we made the the left rear suspension actually have two different suspensions where it, it would move twice instead of just once it's hard to explain but anyway just, just body wise you know every time we we see a little gray area we we push that till it's black and then they make another rule on it so yeah. was it like an excel and decel deal like acceleration and decel like a third length they run or i'm, I'm like super intrigued on two tank. different left rear suspensions we're getting a little weeds a little bit i'm but. assuming it, it kind of locked itself in so it just sat up on the bars right well it did but yet once it got up on the bars and it got really tall and then it had compliance at that point so it actually uh, started moving again it was like two different steps wow yeah. that's oh, some like a two-step yeah like a two-step <laughs> well I, I can assure you this cup car i wonder what the weight power to weight ratio what's a what's a dirt car weigh? 2350 with 800 horsepower 900 horsepower 950 yeah way more grip though way more grip but way lighter what's a you probably set the what was the track record of bristol in dirt car do you know off the top of your head it was in the 15s. It's going to feel like you're putting around there in that I'm damn sure. heavy taxi cab. I'm might, excited to race with you. Might want to get a street stock ride at Bulls Gap to get ready for this deal. <laughs> That's, That's right. probably more like what it's going to drive like. Yeah, for no sure. Doubt. Are you yeah. excited about it? Yeah, I'm yeah, just excited for the opportunity and the challenge. Yeah. Who, is there somebody that like you're looking forward to race against? You a fan of anybody on the cup side? Not really. <sighs> Man, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I quit watching cup racing probably five, six, seven years ago. You know, when I was little, I used to be all into it, and that's what we did every Sunday. But now I'm gone so much from home. Sunday's my traveling day or sleeping day. I'm either mm-hmm. at the airport or I'm driving or I've drove all night. And I, I want to sleep. You know, I don't want to sit there and look at the TV or I want to go be with my, my son or my wife or something like that. So yeah. I don't know. I think uh, – They coming? They coming to the races? Yeah, you? they are. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Well, you, you've been gracious enough with your time, but before you leave, we got three questions we ask all of our guests. You ready? Sure. All right. Question number one. If you had to pick one race car and one racetrack to race out the rest of your life, what do you pick? Dirt late model at Eldora. What year of a late model? Like current? Yeah, by far. They're coolest looking, fastest. Yeah. Yeah. That was the quickest anybody ever answered that question. No question asked. Everybody's like, well, that's kind of a good question. Think about it. You had it. Boom. No, I, I would love to buy some a parking spot and be my own parking spot at Eldora. If Tony would sell me a little bit of land, I'd build me a shop right there. That'd be mine right what, there. Do you, you just have a good feel for it? What is it about Eldora? I just love that place. Yeah, I got a good feel for it. I kind of understand it. It's like you got to have a good car there, but you got to be smart. You got to outsmart the guys too because it's a long race. Well, not as long as we're, we're, we're about to do. But yeah, but 100 laps of dirt. 100 laps at Eldora is a long race, I feel like, but 
you know, that that's another thing that I don't know about. I've never ran a, a race that's going to be this long. So try to stay focused for that long. It's definitely going to be different. But, yeah, Eldora just fits me. Inter- he said uh, parking spot at Eldora. That, bring, that brought up the memory of they. I think it's still there. DW had a parking spot at Bristol, like in the DO lot. Like really? it was literally like this spot is Daryl Waltrip's. I wonder if it's there. <laughs> I remember when I'm we went go- to like Tioga Speedway in New York, they had Richie Evans' spot. It was like all flower bed. Like this was his spot. Really? Nobody parks there. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Well, we'll I'll reach out to Tony this weekend and see if he can give you a spot up at Eldora. We'll get you doubted. Question okay. number two. What's the most embarrassed you've been at, the short, at, a, at a racetrack? Larson's was when he won that race again, like with you guys and then spun it out and nosed it in the fence. Was it, that was, uh, it was like what, the week after. But <laughs> that, that was would, his. That would be bad. Where was that? Golden that was Isles? Golden Isles, yeah. Okay. That was this year. Yeah. <laughs> I was about embarrassed as him the whole weekend how bad we ran. I would say back to ASA, ASL, whatever. Uh was on the front stretch. They did driver introductions, whatever. And I don't know why, but I put my car in gear. I guess it was rolling. And when we went a gentleman starts your engines, I fired it up and knocked the <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great story who yeah. was do you remember who it was you ran nah, into nah, i have no idea did nah. it were you able to like pull the fenders out and oh race? yeah it, it was fine yeah it uh, didn't really hurt it too bad but it was just like damn what an idiot what that's, track were you at uh, maybe it was maybe i-96 i can remember like it was a small little rough place but i think it was it was i don't know some kind of interstate track I mean, if there's anybody, if there's anybody in the world that actually has raced ten thousand races, like it's Denny him. Hamlin said, it's probably you. you ten thousand like, racetracks. Yeah, like so many free. I mean, how many how many shows? What's the most amount of shows you've done in a year? The most probably one hundred ten, twelve somewhere in there. That's a lot of racing, man. Uh, we, we averaged ninety, I would say, pretty That's easily. A lot of freaking racing. That's a lot of racing. Last question: If you had to forget every racing memory you've ever had and just keep one, what do you keep? Probably my first uh, World 100 win, I would say. That's uh, not the million. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, obviously there there's so many of them, but just the way the the World 100 after we almost won the dream and Scott was light, so we did win, and that was that was my first crown jewel. And then we came back, and uh, it was a bad weekend. We got in a wreck in the heat race, and had to start way back in the field and come back and. Just really dominated that race, won by over 10 seconds, and just kind of put explanation on getting a free one, you know, a couple yeah. months before. Yeah. Got a lot of dubs since then, too. Got a few of them, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be hunting for one this weekend, two of them this weekend in the truck series. Well, and three, he's running Bulls Gap, too. He is running Bulls Gap, too. I mean, like you said, them cup drivers come on his turf, too, so they're going to have him for a long night. Another fun point, the most embarrassed William Byron answered that question, the most embarrassed he ever was, was at that race last year. Yeah, he said. Whose that. car did you drive last? Were you there last? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I he said somebody come up and smacked him around a little bit. Yeah, he said, <laughs> drove into somebody, he said, like he chopped somebody or yeah. something. He's no. like, I had no idea what I was doing, and I was just getting hit. Is there like a B main Ford or is just like sure thir- yeah. twenty four guys? Okay, it's open. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. There'll be probably forty to fifty cars there. I'd say. How far is that from Bristol? Probably 30, 45 minutes. Might have to ride on up. Yeah, it's not ride on up on Thursday. I don't, I don't think it's too far. No. Maybe if I can convince the wife to ride over there. Hey, I'm going to be in Dollywood. I might cruise over there myself. Yeah. Don't well, bring your bus. It'll get dirty. Yeah, I'll drive the old tow, tow vehicle over there. Yep. There you go. Jonathan Davenport, best of luck to you in your cup debut, buddy. It's going to be fun to bang some fenders with you. Well, I appreciate you having me on, but I figure since you had me on, I had to bring you something, right? You bring me a penny? I brought you a penny. My, my <laughs> man. I mean, does that what everybody guess does? No. 
No. Generally, I just try to validate their parking ticket. <laughs> Son of a bitch is shiny, too. Ooh. Dang, 2022. Look at that. Just keep stacking them up, brother. One at a time. Come in bearing gifts. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Have Thanks. good luck this weekend. Thank you, sir. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Jonathan Davenport going to take a crack at the Cup Series at Bristol this weekend. Excited to rub some fenders with him. But now we got some pennies for your thoughts question. Janie, what do we got this week? Our first question comes from Matt Schnid, and he wants to know, if there ever was a scenario where a crew member is injured, do you guys travel with backups for your team? So we used to travel a lot with a lot of backups um, pretty much on every team. Now we, if somebody was hurt, we have, there's a couple guys scattered everywhere uh, because with roster limits, you are only allowed to travel your five picker guys and your road crew. So we have obviously the 21, which is a house car that, which is a kind of a farm team house car that we have. And then there's a couple changers and jackman that are on like the 15 or other cars throughout the. So then let's just say if series they yanked somebody from the 15. Yeah. Who goes and does the 15? I think they just find somebody or like like our like if really push came to shove, our pit coach who is there is a ex gas man and jackman and he would go do it. You would find somebody that could do it. A lot of times there's somebody that has fallen out. So say that the 12 car wrecks early, I'll stick around for a, an instance like last year at Charlotte when Denny ran over Tanner Andrews, the front changer on the 22. I was ran back. We had, we had wrecked. I was getting ready to leave, ran back to the truck, put a 22 uniform on and went out to pit road just in case they needed me. So it is not as cut and dry as it used to be. That's a great question because we used to have a lot of backups at the track and we would travel 10 12 guys per team mm. now we travel five guys on sunday mornings to pit it so so yeah not not as many as you would think how often would it happen if you had to sub in for somebody else's car that's how i got my first start first cup start was at charlotte 600 regan smith the 78 team uh they were a stuart haas farm team i was backup tire changer there and Ryan Pepe, who was a longtime tire changer on the 24 car, jumped off the wall, popped his Achilles. They said, yo, you're in. And I went down there and uh, changed tires for old Regan Smith. That was the year that he won the uh, Darlington race. So mm. they were a really good crew. Um, it definitely happens with as physical and as much of an athletic event as this pit stop is now. It happens more often now. But, yeah, there's not, there's not as much in place as you with roster limits as you would think there is. But there are haphazard plans if if need be. Good to know. Gabe wants to know how much of a cup driver's job is finding and securing new sponsorships. Are the drivers involved much? Uh, I think everybody's situation's a bit different. I kind of enjoy the the chase of looking for brands that fit and want to invest in the sport myself. We've been lucky enough to to continue to build and sustain relationships from the get-go like Schluter and, and Built Bar and Blue Green was on the car this weekend. They've been with me for four years. So for me, the more sponsorship I have tied to 
quarter of the joy racing, the more leverage I have when it comes to negotiating contracts. I mean, that's, that's essentially what it is. Cause if you're bringing a couple million bucks with you, I mean, everybody that's coming into the cup series, whether it's from family money, whether it's from other partners or B2B deals, everybody's got a couple million bucks with them. So if you want to be on the top of the list, of some conversations, you better have experience, talent. Oh, and by the way, how much are you bringing with you? That's, that's the same conversations you're hearing when, if you hear people talk to Stuart Haas all the way down to the bottom. I mean, it's, if you have partners tied to you as a race car driver, it just gives you a little more cushion to the next guy who's bringing some money. What's the benefit of a sponsor tying themselves to a team like 3G stayed on the eight car instead of going with Reddick? What's the, what's the difference with going with the driver or staying with the team? That's a great question. Some some partners are in for they like the value. Let's just say, for example, of an eight car primary sponsorship might be two hundred and fifty grand. Where three chi might have asked around and found out twenty three eleven was three twenty five. You know, it might be a straight up economical choice, financial choice like that. If it's cheaper for the same amount of races, then they're going to go with the cheaper option. Or, you know, a company like Schluter Systems who brings six to eight people a week to the racetrack likes somebody like myself who can spend 10, 15 minutes with them, shaking hands, cutting it up with them, you know, and, and like actually hanging out on the, on the hospitality side. So every, every company is a bit different what they're looking for out of a, of a partnership. So you got to make sure you're giving every partner that's giving you a couple commas worth of money, what they're looking to get out of it. Dustin Worthy is back with another great question this week. He wants to know, whether racing-related or not, what is the coolest thing you've been able to experience or be a part of since being in the Cup Series? Great question. A lot of cool things, man. Just you meet a lot of cool people, fans. You meet a lot of cool celebrities. I mean, never in a million years would I feel like I would have, you know, talked to Michael Jordan for a couple couple seconds. I met The Undertaker last year at CODA. Uh, hopefully I get to meet, meet Tim Tebow this weekend. It just, man, it provides a lot of opportunities to meet some cool people. It provides a really cool platform to raise a lot of money for the charities that I'm passionate about with Samaritan's Feet and YMCA and Nigu and, and all these things. So, you know, there's a lot of great things such as being able to get paid to drive a race car for a living is pretty damn cool. I'll say that I think the coolest experience I've ever had in my life is the 2020 Daytona 500 when the Air Force One with Trump pulled there. Just the place was packed out, sold out. The energy there was unbelievable. And it was just really cool to have the President of the United States there at the racetrack. But that was uh that was an experience that I'll never forget. Then it rained. Right. Then like it rained, yeah. Twenty minutes later. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, remember that pre race, Chuck? It was unbelievable. Oh, that pre race was was crazy. So freaking Yeah, good. it was very intense. Even on T V it was wild. Yeah. Flores, do you have a uh, yeah, most memorable experience in the Cup Series? thinking about that, and it was actually funny today. I went in the basement of the, like we said, went in the basement of the uh, Hall of Fame and the 2011 car was there, and just being part of that team, and I think I appreciate it even more now. 2011 Tony Stewart Championship. 2011 Tony Stewart Championship. But that, that team was just so special, and it was kind of crazy how fast it all came about and then how quickly it was all gone with Darian getting let go right at the end of that year and kind of knowing what was going on but like all of those friendships i'm still friends with a lot of those guys today and have them in my network still today and just i think i realized today like when you're 23 years old 24 years old and you do that 
you don't realize how special it is or kind of the, how you cherish it. But like looking at that car and like seeing the silicone that I put on it and the duct tape and knowing like every part of it, you're like, oh man, I dedicated my life to this stuff. So getting to go to the Hall of Fame today and put our 2022 Daytona 500 car on Glory Road was really cool. And, you know, being part of the, the pit crew challenge, like winning the pit crew challenge once and the being in the finals last year for the head-to-head battles at Texas was really cool, but that 2011 championship is something uh, something I'll always cherish. I've been pretty fortunate. And not to sound sappy, but, I mean, doing this podcast, like, there's a lot of cool stuff that you get to do with this. You get to sit around and talk about racing with your friends. Yeah. Joshua Sky asks, I've recently discovered the show Hot Ones, where celebrities eat hot, spicy wings while being interviewed. Who would be the best at the show in NASCAR? Whenever I think about that show, I just think about Shaq choking on that one. <laughs> I don't know who would be like. I think you would be great on the show. Oh, and I hate hot. Like, I hate super spicy wings. I like, exactly. like good buffalo wings that have like a mild spice. But I mean, I can chop it up and make some jokes. And talk to about anybody. Like, I, I like uh, being entertaining. I like talking about the sport to what Chuck was just talking about. Just I love it, so I just want to talk about it all the time. I would do hot ones. You know, there's some guys, too. I think there's some guys that would be, like, sneaky good at Like, I think if you get – so, William Byron, for example, is a guy who comes to mind. I was sitting there after it rained out on Saturday. I go – I just went on Yelp. Looked up this Asian spot for lunch. I'm like, I could get some sh- sushi, sit at the bar. So I walked to the bar, sitting there. Who comes in? Show enough, William Byron. Like, Willie B, sit on down. So he sat down. We had lunch together. And William Byron is freaking cool, man. I know you guys got to listen to him on the podcast a couple weeks ago. But, like, Willie B's normal. He just likes Legos, likes hauling ass, winning cup races. And he likes sushi. So I think I think William Byron would be good on the hot ones, Chuck. I'd be interested to see Ross Chastain. On hot ones, no, he's dude. Ross Chastain is like me, like not giving anything to the media. No, no, no I'm just Nothing. saying, like you know how he's got that kind of just wall up. Yeah. If he's eating the hot ones, does that stay? Does he stay the same through all of the 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 wings and the different? He probably just be like, "This is a little spicy," and I'd be like, uh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just gonna eat watermelon wings." <laughs> he would. That's how that would go. You know, what are these? These are hot wings. I don't like hot wings. I'm gonna eat watermelon. Thanks. Got some hot sauce on the on the watermelon. I'm gonna wear, Dude, I, like wear I, my, jockey, I'm just thinking, my jockey undies and eat watermelon. Like slices. a moose, be a moose. That's a hard question, but like, I like people that are dry. Like the dry sense of humor cracks me up. I think like Alex Bowman is just so dry. Yeah. Um. Or or Matt even Kenseth? I think Larson. Yeah, Kenseth yeah. would be good on there. Hey, my next race I'm going to is Martinsville. <laughs> just see, see that he did. Yeah. Yeah, that was a hot one. That is all of the Penny, for your thoughts. thoughts that we have this week. Penny Stacker of the Week. I don't even get the guy's name, but my man had a Stacking Penny shirt on, Super Shoe hat on, had about every trading card of mine you could possibly find, and he was just super excited to be at Richmond. I said, you, I, you know I, I told him, I said, hey, man, cool shirt. And he looked at me like, who the hell are you? Like, oh, well, you're the other cartoon on your shirt. On your shirt. <laughs> no clue I was. Man, I don't do a good job at shameless self-marketing. But hey, big Corey the Joy fan. Was a big Corey the Joy fan. Well, I'm seeing some more Corey the Joy fans pop up. I see some seven hat shirts. Makes me feel good seeing you guys rep my merch. It really does. It makes me feel good to see your merch get ripped. Yeah. And it makes me feel good, too, when you guys say you listen to Stacking Pennies because we work pretty freaking hard on this thing to make it go. So make sure you like, download, share, rate, review, give us stars, give us comments. Whatever you want to do, 
And make sure you tune into Spare Change this Sunday for the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Easter Sunday, 7 Eastern on Fox Network, baby. We're going to slide around in the mud. See you all next week. Bye.